Fantasy Football Podcast called Live in the Stream comes to you each week. Streaming recommendations during NFL season, it's not just tongue and cheek. Quarterback defense tight end recommendations based on opposition matchup. Here are your podcast hosts, JJ Zacharyson and Danny Carter, Living the Street. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Living the Street. My name is JJ Zacharyson, late round quarterback. And as always, I'm joined by my lovely, lovely co-host, Denny Carter. Denny, what's up, my man? Hey, JJ, what's up? This, that was uh, one of the best intros, I think, that, that we've had on the long history of the show. So thank, thank you. Yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, I, you know, I really try to bring it home every week when I do the intros, uh, and I felt like I, I brought it home this week. Yeah, absolutely. Let's let's roll on. Let's get let's get into this Monday show, this weird Monday show, Thanksgiving it, it, week. It does it does feel weird doing it on Monday. Thanksgiving, man. It really it throws me off every every year uh, because I and I, I actually talk about this on uh, the late round podcast and the fifteen transactions podcast that's coming out tomorrow morning. But um, you know, it, it, like. Other uh, Americans who have normal jobs, a lot of them don't necessarily have to just get all of their work in that because not everyone has such like a cyclical kind mm-hmm. of, of of agenda each week with their with their jobs. So as a fantasy football analyst, I have to get everything done right. in this in uh, the same amount of work done, but in in less time, and it right. sucks. Yeah, it's not it's not a luxury at all to be like, oh, Thanksgiving week, I get. I get half the week off and I get to relax and eat terrible Thanksgiving food and drink some beer. No, no, you have to jam it, jam all the work in into 50% less time. Right, right. So we decided to do the podcast tonight. Uh, there's, you know, there's just it's Thanksgiving week. So there's a lot going on, travel, et cetera, et cetera. But Denny, we, we need to talk about something that I brought up on Twitter last night while watching uh, the Sunday night game between the Eagles and the Cowboys where mm-hmm. Jake Elliott got a concussion mm-hmm. and I was tilting because I had Jake Elliott on a team where I'm trying to get first place in points. Same. Um, and, and it was just, it was, it's not great, but uh, Jake Elliott is concussed. They're back. They're like eighth string linebacker comes in and does the, 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 the kickoffs and stuff. Um, but yeah. I, I had this thought while watching it and I'm like, why is it that every time a place kicker gets mm-hmm. hurt, they're they're always like, the 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 backup kicker who's going going to be the the place kicker and going to replace the kicker that that kicker the emergency kicker is always like the most ridiculous person on the roster it's never the most logical person it's always like oh yeah little did you guys know but Ben Roethlisberger is actually yeah. the emergency kicker it's like what wh- how did this come to be yes well I think it came to be because out of out of sheer desperation but I I've had this thought many times and your tweet brought it brought it back to me um, if I were a coach in the NFL and and I were making contingency plans for if my kicker were hurt during the game, which seems to happen a lot these days, you know, including guys I recommend. So um, uh, <laughs> I would turn to the punter and I would say, um, you, you're the backup kicker, right? And he would go, what? And I would say, you're a damn kicker. Kick the ball. Once in a while in practice, switch it up. Instead of, right. holding, instead of holding the field goal, you, you switch and you kick a few. And yeah. what can be 
What's the difference? Come on, you're a kicker. Kick the ball. Right, right, exactly. And, and so I, I, I started. You know, I wasn't trying to be ignorant when sending that tweet. That's the most important thing. I'm not. I'm not trying to like destroy all the place kickers out there who might come across that tweet or might be, you know, in college. Well, college college players usually or sometimes can do both. Um, and not only that, CFL players do both. I, right. I've learned. I've learned. So, but but here, here here's what happened. Someone sent me a tweet. From from Chris Cluey, remember the, oh, you know yeah yeah, yeah. The, the 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 he's like an activist now and he does like crazy I don't know how much of an activist he actually is but he does he does a lot of things politically. Um, so Chris Cluey had a tweet from a while ago <clears throat> where he said that he gets the question a lot as to why this doesn't happen like why aren't punters and kickers just one position and his response actually kind of made sense and it was that if you think about it. It's not just game situations where these guys are kicking. It's practices as well. Mm-hmm. So they, they would wear their leg down if they were to be a punter and a kicker during practices and in game situations. Oh. But, but, but with that being said, with that being said, because I, I, I get it that there, there are different mechanisms, right? I mean, it's different muscles that you're using, I'm sure. Um, it's just, it's not the same. I, I mean, I'm trying to be nice here, Denny. Yeah. De- Denny, De- Denny's giving me this face right now. Like, you're so full of I'm, shit. Well, no, no. But I mean, we, we, we have to pretend that kickers have to be in be athletes. They're not athletes. They're like, they're just, I mean, look at freaking Janikowski. Janikowski sure. hasn't done a push-up since the first Clinton administration. Sorry to get political. But, <laughs> and, and, uh, and he, uh, and he was a kicker for 20 years. Right. Randy Bullock looks like he oh. just came out of, of an 11. 11th grade gym class. Randy like, Bullock is the, the <laughs> least. The, I mean, he is the most out of shape dude ever. Oh yeah, if you had a picture of of a of a Southern frat boy next to Randy Bullock, I couldn't tell you which one was in the NFL. I, I couldn't. It's like Randy, Randy. Can you can you maybe like? Just, I mean, like maybe drop like ten pounds. I, I don't know. I mean, you first of all, he's terrible. Uh, and, yeah, he is, yeah, he's not great. And, and secondly, it, it it seems to behoove a kicker to be in decent shape. Justin Tucker is is an athlete, and he's yeah. good. So Jeff, maybe... remember, remember Jeff Reed? Jeff Reed had massive, massive thunder thighs. <laughs> that dude, that dude could squat like 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 nine fifty. Like it was it, that Jeff Reed was an was an animal on and off the field. To be honest, Jeff Reed. There's a lot of stories about Jeff oh. Reed off the field. But yeah. But, but here, here's the thing, though. Okay. Let's just give kickers the benefit of the doubt here. And let's just say, okay, you're using different muscles. Like maybe when you're punting, you're using your hamstrings more. Mm-hmm. And when you're kicking, you're using some other, you know, there's more like hip action. Sure. Um, so let's just say that, whatever it is. Regardless, I can understand the not wanting your leg to be tired. What I don't understand is why isn't the de facto emergency kicker the punter like why can't the punter okay i get it you're not going to be doing both positions it's fine but you can still teach yourself or learn how to kick field goals at a moderate level so that you're not sitting there and you're like wait which offensive lineman can we throw in there right now as our emergency kicker like what how how does this how does this happen how is this not thought through yeah and uh, uh and it's not i guarantee you the guy who was kicking off for the eagles uh, yesterday after, after what's his name? What, what is his name? Elliot went down. I guarantee you that guy is not in practice hammering field goals every day. He, he just, he's just placed in there. And the, the thing about getting tired, I'm not saying that the punter needs to dedicate half of his time at practice to 
Uh, right, you're not saying there's a dual rule no, between of it. No, yeah. all I'm saying is he needs to be functional as as some sort of kicker. I mean, the Eagles couldn't even attempt field goals last <clears> night, which, which I don't hate, honestly. I mean, I, I, think, I mean, it's kind of it's kind of kind of an analytical uh, person's yeah. dream to to watch them not yeah. only go for two all the time but succeed the majority of the time. It's like like what what people don't really understand the, the casual fan is that your expected point value going for two versus going for one now that now that or the point after touchdown now that they moved it back mm-hmm. your expected point value is actually greater now this season two point conversion tries are down uh the 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 rate of hitting them okay but like let so just just really quick math if you have a 48% chance let's say to get to convert a two point conversion and you have a 95% chance to get a point after touchdown well that 95% chance is for one point mm-hmm. and that 48% is for two points so you have to multiply that 48% by 2 and you get an expected point value that's actually higher than the 95%. It's a 96% success rate then. So, or, or expected point value. So yeah. w- that that's that's just basic math when you're looking at should I go for two or should I not go for two? Obviously, if you do, you know, if you have a good kicker, then you might that that might fluctuate and if if you have a bad offense, then it might might fluctuate. But uh-huh. the difference is actually in expected points because I did a study on this. The difference between going for two and kicking the point after touchdown, the expected point value difference I believe is is pretty it's like decently significant. It's like 0.92 versus like 0.96 or something like that, which across all touchdowns ends up ends up making a difference. It matters. It's it would be yes, and, and it would be uh, you know like if you said I could never survive in the wild. Well, the way to experiment with that would be to drop you in the middle of the of the jungle with no resources and to see if you could live. So to see to experiment with this on a football level. You cut the punter, you cut the kicker, you go into a game with no options but to go for it on fourth down every time, never kick field goals, always go for two, and see and see what happens. I would like that. The other thing, the other thing to point out is that with that like ninth string linebacker, I can't remember his name, uh, who was who was kicking for for Philly. Um, what's actually really cool about that is if you think about it on the kickoff. He he essentially is another tackler, mm-hmm. an, an, another defender right. for them on the kickoff, as opposed to having an actual kicker there. So if you have people who can actually boot it to the end zone or get it close yeah. to the end zone, I mean that's not that's not a terrible strategy. No, it's not. By the way, Elliot attempted a field goal after he was concussed. Is that correct? I I can't remember. I, he missed because, a field goal. So I because I I was casually watching the game. I mean I was watching the game, but I was trying to do other work on like fifteen transactions and stuff and. I, I I didn't I didn't really realize he was out until they said something, so I didn't look back and see um, oh, like if the field goal attempt happened before or after that concussion. Yeah, I think happened. it was I think it was before and I and the look on his face, I they zoomed in on his face and I was thinking, What the hell is wrong with this guy? Like <laughs> like is he out of it? And he was out of it. He wasn't yeah. out of it. So wow. Yeah, yeah. Crazy. Uh, anyway, so actually, I should mention that the the intro to this week's show was courtesy of my lovely, lovely wife, Amanda. No, I don't know about that. We, she, was, she, she, she was taunting me, literally taunting me before the podcast started, and she just started saying the intro. And I'm like, why don't you just do the intro? Mm. So she, she did it, and she kind of crushed it. Well, I thought we were going to keep that a secret, but I guess the people know now. No, the people needed to know. People yep. needed to know. But we, we left them hanging for 10 minutes. <laughs> I think that's I think that's I think that's useful because this whole time we're talking about 
this this concussion to Jake Elliott, and the whole time they're actually not listening to us, and they're like, "Who the hell was that at the beginning of the podcast?" Right, they're rewinding it o- over and over and saying, yeah, "Oh right. my god, did JJ's voice just speed up or what?" Yeah, right, right. What was that? Anyway, all right, Denny. Uh, week eleven streamers. I'd say it's a pretty good week overall. Tweeted um, before the game started on on Sunday that we weren't very high on on Blake Bortles anymore because of that weather. He ended up scoring eight point five six points. His one touchdown. Went to our boy, Mercedes Lewis, who was a yeah. streamer last week. 10.6 points for him. Tyler Croft also scored a touchdown. Uh, he had 9.2 points. And, and by the way, these these uh, those tight ends, because tight end was so, so bad this week, um, those tight ends are like firmly as tight end ones this week. Yeah. Uh, CJ Fedorowicz, only 3.8 points, but i say overall tight end was good. Uh, defense, Cincinnati had 8 points. They were so close to a defensive touchdown. Uh, so close. They were down at the 1. Yeah. Uh, the Cardinals had four points, really not a great outing for the Cardinals. I was kind of disappointed by them, but the Los Angeles chargers ended up scoring 25 points because Nate Peterman threw 19 interceptions. Did you hear about that? In your, one game, your, he threw your, 19. Your boy. Yeah, I know. Look, I, <laughs> I, 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 I went to pit and he went to pit and <laughs> we are connected for life. So I love Nate Peterman. But I also, yeah. uh, I feel really bad for the guy. It's like oh, it's yeah. one of those situations where like you can't even like, it's tough yeah. to like be be like mad at him or like talk oh, yeah. junk on him. I mean, it, he was thrown into like, look, you're throwing this this <clears throat> late round quarterback into a situation where the, the, he has no pass catchers. Calvin mm-hmm. Benjamin got hurt early too. He has no pass catchers and he's going up against one of the better defenses in football. Yeah, it was fair. a it was a nightmare scenario. By the way, I just really wanted I, I wanted to address this real quick. Uh, who's the head coach of the Bills? McDermott. Yeah. So McDermott says that he 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 had a process and results discussion about starting Peterman, and he said that he doesn't regret the process. He regrets the results. But I have to say that as you know, two people who talk about process and results a lot, I believe what he is. Um, missing there is that the process was terrible yeah right right <laughs> and right so the results were therefore terrible so you should regret the process and the results really yeah right like how many times like unlike streaming a quarterback in fantasy football where you're doing it with three different players every week across a 16 game season yeah you, how many how many times has mcdermott ever had to go through something like this where he's benching at least at least an average NFL quarterback starter, yeah. right? Like yeah. I, I I think like I had takes on Tyrod and I I think Tyrod and I talked about it on my podcast my other podcast, but I, I think Tyrod's an average quarterback, right? Like like at the very least, he's an average quarterback. He's starting top half. he's top half in the league. Sure, sure. And no one like that's the thing, is that people that are very against Tyrod think that Tyrod backers are sitting here saying that he's an elite quarterback yeah. in some way or he's a no it's just that he's a very functional quarterback who makes a situation around like he can make a situation around him better um and, and look he led the Buffalo offense the last two years to a top 10 offense I mean right. they, they, the 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 offense wasn't the issue over the last two years it was the defense and to see things go down the way that they did for Tyrod Taylor to go into that game after being benched and to to still perform and to still have a positive attitude and then come out today on Twitter and say positive things. I mean, kudos to him because I I would like, if I were Tyrod Taylor, I would have gone to Twitter after that game and just tweeted, imagine starting Nate Peterman over me. Exactly. Yeah. It when the coach came to me and said, uh, all right, Tyrod, you're in, I would have been like, no, I'm good. 
right. I'm good. I'm good on the bench. I, I'm just going to stay here if that's all right with everybody. Right, right. Kudos to Tyrod for being a bigger man than any of us could be. Um, also a quarterback, uh, Case Keenum. I took a lot of a lot of flack about the uh, mm-hmm. the the Rams Vikings game, which I said had the potential to be a shootout because it did. I mean, that's not that's fine, and it wasn't. Uh, but Case Keenum still was a QB one. He has scored seventeen point two fantasy points. So so suck it. <laughs> <laughs> easy, easy. But no, uh, I I stand by my my fawning, my unapologetic fawning over your. Uh, um, you know, your argument that that game could be high scoring. Uh, now, was the process of taking out a second mortgage to bet it on DFS, was that was that correct? I don't know. It's hard to say. But The, the, the other thing, though, too, with that game, it, like, like I, it, it's one of those things where, like, of course that's not the highest uh, scoring game of the, or the game that, like, like people are going to be on or that you mm-hmm. should put a lot of money into. It's just one of those games that, like, okay, there's always a, a tertiary game that ends up being high scoring. Maybe that would be the game. I actually have more Case Keenum takes this week, and I think that this week could potentially be that game again. But uh, yeah. that, that's that's really like the the foundation of of something like that. So when I say uh, a game like that could be high scoring, maybe you should use those guys in DFS. I don't take it back. The process was there. I don't really care if. I mean, it's, it's your money. You guys did what you did. But I still think the pro. I mean, if you stack Case Keenum with Adam Thielen and Todd Gurley, it's not like you you were dead. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's good. You know, and, and, and it, I mean, a huge edge in, in fantasy overall, especially in DFS is pinpointing a game that is low key is going to, you know, low key high scoring, you know, uh, is a, is a game that people uh, are not expecting to have a lot of points because of the Vegas line or whatever. And you say, no, no, this is a game that I think has potential to go way over that over under. And if you're right, then you're then you're right alone or close to alone. Right. Um, right. And and that's that's a key. So I I think I think you were still correct. Yeah, I still I have some takes. Like I said, with Case Keenum this week. Yeah. Also, Ryan Fitzpatrick and Blaine Gabbert, both top twelve QB ones this week. Nineteen point nine points for Ryan Fitzpatrick. Nineteen point five eight points for Blaine Gabbert, um, who was a, a deeper throw in for us, but. I mean, even still, great performances by them. Uh, so overall, a pretty good week. We only only really had like two misses. Yep. Sweet. All right, Denny. All right. So today is is Denny's show. Denny Denny went ham <laughs> with some with some takes uh, and some selections. So you're going to hear a lot of his voice. But why don't you kick things off with the defense, Denny? Yeah, I'm sorry in advance. Uh, so uh, defense um, with uh, Jacoby Brissett in the concussion protocol and questionable to start this week, I would say he probably does. But uh, Tennessee, uh, who the Colts are playing, uh, becomes, I think, a must start if uh, Jacoby sits uh, there. So Scott Tolzien would start for, for the Colts, presumably, uh, if if Brissett is not available. Um, and Tolzien is, here's what I have in my notes, he's bad. Um, he, he, in week one, he was a starter. If you remember way back, way back when he was, uh, nine for 18 for 125 yards and two interceptions against the Rams that, that week, uh, in his career, 10 career games he's played in. He has a total of two touchdown throws and nine interceptions. Um, so again, not good. And, uh, uh, I don't care that the Titans are on the road here. If, if Brissett sits, I I really like the Titans, and they're widely widely available. Obviously, because the Titans, the Titans defense is not good. 
Yeah. Another defense that's not very good, Washington. Um, not, I mean, they're not awful, but they're definitely not great. Um, you know, as bad as the Chiefs were in week 11, uh, the defense was still a top 15-ish one uh, in fantasy football. Uh, and that's all because the Giants are atrocious offensively. Uh, since New York lost all of their wide receivers, literally all of their wide receivers uh, uh, in, in week five, mm-hmm. the Giants have allowed at least four standard fantasy points to every defense that they've faced. So there's some sort of floor there. Um, and so, you know, Washington's defense, like I said, it's not, not anything that, that something like an obvious defense that you would just plug and play each week. Um, they'll be at home and they're seven point favorites. That's really all. I mean, that's all you need to know. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're, they're, they're big favorites. They're at home. Those are two things that you want in a streaming defense. Um, and they're, they're facing Eli Manning. Yeah. I, the, yeah, being at home against Eli and, and being a favorite, uh, is is all you really need to say for for my for the sake of argument I think. Yeah. All right, Denny, one more defense. Let's hear it. All right. So here's a weird thing. The Patriots defense is is barely streamable. They're available in 60% of leagues. They are the fourth worst fantasy defense as far as you know total points go, and they're they're barely streamable. I guess I guess did a lot of people pick them up to stream them against Oakland? I, I mean, I I think it's just name value, like just just the fact that they're the Patriots. That's my assumption. At least. They have been hardly usable at all this year, and we're you know we're almost through with the season, and and they're so highly owned. Anyway, they are technically streamable. I know, I know, not not in your league, but um, the uh, the Patriots are sixteen and a half point favorites. This week at home against the corpse of the Dolphins, uh, this, the and and you know which we we don't hate we don't hate a big home favorite. Um, the last defense to face uh, Matt Moore, remember Jay Cutler may miss this week. Um, the the last defense to to face Matt Moore on the road uh, was Baltimore. Yeah, uh, Baltimore was also a pretty big favorite in that one, and Baltimore ended up I don't know if you remember this with twenty seven fantasy points. Uh, so, uh, I think while Matt Moore seems to be pretty good in, you know, coming in relief, uh, uh, in for Cutler in the third quarter, um, he, uh, could be in a tight spot here, especially, uh, if faced with terrible game script, which I mean, come on, there's just no way, there's just no way that Dolphins defense can, can put up any sort of, uh, uh, can put a stop to anything that the Patriots want to do. So no, I, I think if, if you're looking for a guy who's just going to have to drop back and pass in obvious situations, you stream New England. Yes, agreed. Uh, all right, Denny, why don't you keep talking? Because there are quarterbacks that you want to talk about. We have lots of quarterbacks. Yeah. So uh, Ty God slash Ty Goat is a streamer again. It's amazing. It's like the circle of life or something. I don't think I. I don't think that means what he I. Went, think. He, he went from he went from uh, from literally two and a half weeks ago to being a great fantasy play who was owned in like 75% of leagues. Cause he played that. Remember that jets game. He got all that garbage time. Mm-hmm. And then from there he has a terrible outing and he gets benched. Everyone drops him. And then he comes in after obviously Nate Peterman was benched. And now he's like you said, now he's a streamer again. So he went from just being insanely mm-hmm. high owned to now just being a streamer in the course of a week and a half, two weeks. Yes, it is. It's uh, quite the uh, tilt a whirl. Um, and, and uh, I, I was tilting to see that, he had 18 fantasy points um, last last yeah, week. In, in yeah, seriously. One half. So um, that was not terrible against a really good Chargers defense. But anyway, uh, we talked about this a bit about Tyrod's appeal in this matchup. 
Uh, he plays the Chiefs. The Bills play the Chiefs, I should say. And uh, Kansas City has allowed 15 or more rushing yards to all but three quarterbacks they've faced. Now, uh, you know this, like like you like you said, JJ, in our in our conversation, these quarterbacks were Philip Rivers, Tom Brady, and Ben Roethlisberger, who we're not sure can actually run. I no, mean, they we, can't. They're grandpa runners. Roethlisberger is like the most impossibly slow person I've seen since Marino since Marino's like like latter days, you know? Yeah, he, he he's he is bizarre like as a as a body. Yeah. Oh, oh. As as a, as a as a being, it's such a bizarre human. I mean, he's very good, but it's just a it's just such a bizarre yes. situation that his body has. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh it's incredibly strange. Um uh, so uh, <laughs> if we're being honest. So Kirk Cousins had 38 rushing yards against the Chiefs. Uh, Carson Wentz had 55, and Trevor Simeon had 20 somehow. Um, uh, Dak Prescott also had a, a really nice day against uh, Kansas City. Um, he including 8.7 points on the ground, and Deshaun Watson um, had a huge outing, obviously against the Chiefs in that in that shootout from like week five or six. He had 35 fantasy points, including six points on the ground. So. Um, uh, the Konami appeal is, um, as apparent as ever with Tyrod. Uh, so I, I, I think, I think he's a top streamer. What do you think? Yeah. I mean, if he starts, I think that, that you can, yeah. you can play him pretty confidently. Uh, one, one quarterback that I like this week, I mentioned him earlier is Case Keenum. Um, look, Case Keenum's kind of been balling out the last couple of weeks. Uh, he scored 17 or more points in each of his last three games. Uh, I don't think folks are giving him enough credit for what he's doing from a fantasy perspective. But hear me out. This is kind of similar logic as to the, as with the Rams game. But I think that there's a higher chance of this being decently high scoring only because of uh, the fact that his opponent this week is worse against the pass and worse defensively. So um, the lions who they're facing on Thanksgiving, they've given up 14 plus fantasy points to an opposing quarterback in all, but one of their last six games that one game happened to be against Drew Brees, which is kind of weird. But they've they've played quarterbacks like Brett Hundley, Deshaun Kaiser, and Mitch Trubisky. All of them, all of them scored fourteen or more fantasy points. Um, but like I said, so the logic here is not unlike the logic used for Case Keenum last week. Uh, this game should be close. It's a one and a half point spread. The Vikings are favorites. They're on the road, uh, but in neutral game scripts this year. So this is when the scoring margin is six points or fewer. Both the Lions and the Vikings have top 10 paces in football, which means they run fast when the game is close. And in addition to this, Denny, Detroit's 1.94 pass-to-rush attempt ratio in neutral game scripts is the highest in the entire NFL. So mm. essentially what I'm saying is if this game is close, which is an mm. if, we, we need that to happen. We need it to be somewhat close. But if it's close, you're looking at two teams that are running fairly fast and at the same time, the Lions are throwing the ball a lot in those situations, which stops the clock and generates more overall plays. Um, but, uh, you know, the difference between which you could argue this game and the Vikings game last week is that this game, the Vikings are on the road. The Vikings are the better team. So it's kind of nice to see them on the road. Uh, but mm-hmm. the Vikings, you know, just to keep it close. But, but the Vikings, uh, you know, I, I think just in general, uh, they're, I mean, they're, they're facing a much, much worse defense in Detroit than what the Rams have to offer. And I think all yes. of that coming together gives this game potential. Now, here, here's my warning, okay? Mm-hmm. This could blow up in your face if you decide to, to go all in on this kind of game uh, because it is a short week. 
that's scary. And it is an, a divisional game, um, which, you know, those two factors generally force you to think that it will be a lower scoring contest. But I think that the numbers, the way that these teams are running, uh, it kind of makes sense that it would be a higher scoring game. You know, if they weren't in the same division, if it was played on a Sunday, I might feel more confident. But I think regardless, just from a season-long perspective, not as much if you're thinking DFS right now, from a season-long perspective, I would be fine with starting Case Keenum as a streamer this week. Yeah, just hang in there, Lions. Don't don't die on me. Yes, yes, exactly. All right, Denny. All right. So we're going to feel alive on Monday. Yes, it is Monday night, right? When the uh, when the Ravens yes. take on the Texans in a great primetime matchup. Uh, we're going to feel alive because we're streaming, we're streaming Joe Flacco. <laughs> we're doing it. We're doing it. Valhalla awaits. Um, uh, so it's, it's always fun to talk up a, a guy who hasn't eclipsed uh, 10 fantasy points in six of his 10 games, but that's yeah. what we're doing here. Yeah. Um, but but the matchup is too honestly it's just too good uh, to to pass up. Uh, only the Browns give up more schedule adjusted fantasy points to quarterbacks than Houston, uh, who most recently, if you in case you missed it on Sunday, most recently gave up almost twenty fantasy points to Blaine Gabbert. And it's not like Gabbert had like like a a rushing touchdown or something fluky. No, three touchdowns. I mean, you're right. He had twenty like very traditional points of yes. uh, fantasy points, which is just, just stunning. Um, and uh, so Jacoby Percet is another guy who went for more than 300 yards and two touchdowns against Houston. Um, and Houston has allowed 15 touchdown passes over the past six weeks. Uh, no team in the league allows more touch has allowed more touchdowns through the air through 11 weeks. Uh, and it, we are recording this. Uh, before the Monday night game. Um, so I'm not sure how that will affect that stat. But anyway, uh, Ravens are a seven-point home favorite uh, against the Texans. And Flacco, over the past two seasons, has averaged uh, 1.5 touchdowns in Ravens' wins. So if you think the Ravens are going to win, you know, and and I would say that that's a good possibility, then I think that Flacco has a good floor. Does he have a ceiling? Probably not at all. But I think that he's a really solid floor play. Yeah, honestly. yeah, agreed. Uh, do you want to talk about the last guy really quick, just in case? Oh, yeah. So if Brissett plays, yeah, you know, go ahead and play him. Yeah. Uh, um, I, you know, gosh, I guess I would, I guess I would play him over Flacco. Would you? Yeah, I'd probably play him over Flacco. I like Keenum. I think I think it's I think it's probably Ty God Keenum, Jacoby Flacco. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So only so Brissett plays the the Titans like we talked about. Um. So if Brissett plays, I'm off the Titans defense. Just right. So everybody's clear. Um. But if he sits, then I am on the Titans defense very much. Only the the Broncos and Texans allow more touchdown passes than the Titans, who basically and we talked about this last week. I think have been roasted by every decent quarterback right. they've they've faced. Like. You know the 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 bad bad slash average quarterbacks have <clears throat> posted so so numbers against Tennessee, um, but uh, but but decent ones. Yeah, like have yeah, not. it's it's been like Russell Wilson because I wrote up yeah. Ben Roethlisberger as a start last week. Humble humble brag there, but I, I wrote up Big Ben as a start last week, and the reason is because you know a lot of times at this point in the year. Um, teams, especially in this quarterback landscape, I, I this is different than any other league, Denny, or any any other year, Denny, because. Uh, there's so many bad quarterbacks, right, that are that are playing. So a lot of teams can just avoid playing good quarterbacks. Like yeah. a lot of teams have not faced many good. The Steelers haven't faced basically any good quarterbacks aside from like Mariota 
And right. and because of that, you can get defensive passing numbers that look a lot better than they actually are. They're kind of fraudulent. Um, right. And so, you know, Kansas City's one team. Kansas City's actually faced a lot of good quarterbacks, which is the main reason why you might be a little bit scared of Tyrod Taylor. But a team like Tennessee, what got, what got me on Ben Roethlisberger last week was, aside from him being home and, and whatnot, and it being a primetime game, uh, what got me on Ben Roethlisberger is that Tennessee, like you're saying, they only faced like three good quarterbacks. It's been like Sean Watson and and Russell Wilson and Derek Carr and all of them just went. I don't even is Derek Carr a good quarterback? And and all of them <laughs> and all of them did work against them. Um, yeah. And that's that's a really important thing to look at this time of year. Yes, indeed. So yes, Brissett, throw him in there, probably over Flacco. I'm a little bit torn, but yeah. Yeah, that's it. Uh, at tight end, I'm just going to talk about Tyler Croft again this week. He scored for us last week. Uh, he's still out on 55% of Yahoo waiver wires. I was pretty surprised by that, considering he had a decent matchup against Denver last week, and tight end is atrocious. Um, but he gets Cleveland this week. Cleveland ranks for, uh, fourth worst in fantasy points allowed to the tight end position. Uh, Tyler Croft only has 16 yards over his last two games, um, which is going <laughs> to which is going to scare a lot of people off. Um, but he's played a hundred, he played a hundred percent of team snaps in week 10, 86% in week 11. And over these last two weeks, he's still run the, he's, he's run the eighth most routes at the tight end position in the NFL. So he's still running, he's still out there. Uh, and this is a matchup that you definitely want to exploit with the tight end. I think Tyler Croft is a good play. Yeah. I, uh, we argued over who would, who would talk about him tonight. I screamed at you for 15 yeah, minutes. Then he really wanted to talk about Tyler Croft. Yeah. I was chomping at the bit. Anyway, uh, this is going to be a little bit weird, but I'm just going to say the 49ers tight end uh, for for next week. Now, um, if if George Kittle is still out, I'm not sure. Have you heard an update on him I today? I haven't. No. Okay, so if he's out, then Garrett Garrett Selleck would be the play. Um, I suppose Kittle would be the play if he is indeed back as the as the starter for San Francisco. Um, <clears throat> so Seattle is giving up. Uh, they're playing the Seahawks. I should mention. Uh, the Seattle is giving up an average of five tight end receptions per game. They've allowed at least six tight end catches in six of their nine games. Nice. nice. Headed into yeah, nice, 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 nice. Headed into <laughs> Monday Night Football. I that's why I kind of like Austin Hooper tonight. I'm putting it out there on the record before yeah, this game. Yeah, I like Austin Hooper tonight too. But uh, yeah. people are going to listen to this tomorrow after Austin Hooper has one catch for nine yards, and we're gonna yeah. they're going to delete this podcast. But on five targets. So, yeah. Hell yeah. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> only eight defenses allow more schedule adjusted fantasy points to tight ends than Seattle, uh, which obviously has a secondary uh, injuries issues going on. Uh, so we'll, we'll, let's see how it shakes out. But I think both I know both Kittle and Selleck are widely, widely available in um, in fantasy leagues. So um, I don't. I wouldn't shy away from that matchup. I like that matchup. Yeah, and ch- take a look at the uh, Twitter account at LiveTheStreamFF later in the week because I'm sure that as more research goes down, because tight end is the hardest position to to research and to figure out. Uh, and as the week goes on, there are nuggets that you find and things that you realize. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, so there might be uh, the po- there's a possibility that later in the week, once Thanksgiving's over, that we tweet out some other plays. Uh, but to recap, you have San Francisco's tight ends. Tyler Croft, Jacoby Brissett, Joe Flacco, Tyrod Taylor, Case Keenum, Washington, Tennessee, and New England at defense. All right, Denny, we got some questions, and they are indeed Thanksgiving-themed. All right. This is at Grizzly Blair, our buddy Matt Blair. 
The date was Thursday, October 19th. Amari Cooper was racking up catch after catch. My timeline was erupting with Amari Cooper truthers mocking anyone that ever doubted Amari. I haven't heard from these people since and would like to file a missing persons report. Uh, well, you could just go to the local cemetery and they're, they're <laughs> right. there. I, I was kind of shocked by how many people while watching the, the Patriots Raiders game were so there are there are takes of of Amari Cooper is bad. Like Amari Cooper, there, there is so much that goes into something like to, uh, an Amari Cooper stat. Not only that, but he scored a touchdown. But there's so much that goes into production at a wide at the wide receiver position. Uh, Derek, yeah. Guys, Derek Carr has not been good. Like he's he's had a bad year. Very bad. And and uh, there may have been a number a number fire writer who, who who mentioned that Derek Carr might not be good. But anyway, let's get on. Yeah, we'll, we'll move to on. We'll move on from that. I actually don't. I don't want to bring Derek Derek Carr truthers back into my mentions. That was that was the worst month of Twitter in my life. Yeah, and it did last for a month. Uh, next one at White Wheat Tweet. What's the best way to deal with Thanksgiving leftovers? Oh, just throw them in the trash. No, I, I mean, I, I was going to go with that, but I actually do enjoy, I, you know what I enjoy? Um, I enjoy s- stuffing, uh, leftover stuffing on a sandwich with some, uh, meats, whatever the meats may be. Like with turkey on it? Yeah. Turkey with, but you got to cover it up with, uh. Uh, with gravy because turkey by itself is is unedible. I, so. I know a lot of people that live and die by the waffle iron. Yeah. With with yeah, you take stuffing and you like put it in the waffle iron and you make yeah. Really? Yeah. Which I can actually, I mean, I could see yeah, some Denny, Denny's face is like he looks like a Pixar character with his eyes like <laughs> moving around. <laughs> uh, no, I mean it's it's apparently a real thing. I think Rumford Johnny actually is one who who brought that up to me like years ago. Nice. Yeah, that, that that does sound good. Um uh as long as we make sure that the leftover cranberry sauce is thrown away yes. in the trash as soon as Actually, possible. Actually, the the actual non-leftover cranberry sauce needs to be thrown away too. Yeah, as soon as it's put on the <laughs> yeah, table right. be like grandma, you know. Yes. I told I told you about this last year. It's got to go. I'm sorry. Right. Next one at alt ff player. Uh are we panicking on Alex Smith still an every week starter or live the stream? I mean, I think you got to panic a little bit. That was, I I am not, look, look, I'm not convinced that the weather and the wind did not have something to do with what happened this past week. Now, Andy Reid came, there was, I can't remember what the tweet was or if it was even real, but it was like Andy Reid came out and said that weather had nothing to do with it. And then someone responds, was like, oh, so your quarterback just sucks. Like that's (laughs) because it's basically, it's basically what it comes to. Like Alex Smith was so atrocious in that game. Um, yeah. that you have to hope that wind had something to do with it. But I, I mean, I think that you treat him like you treat a lot of other uh, quarterbacks kind of in that tier where if it's a bad matchup, then you might not want to play him. But I mean, the chief schedule it's, is amazing from here on out. It is. And it's a good matchup this week. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, next one at Tom C. Whalen, which by the way, you guys should check out Tom's glossary on late round uh, yeah. uh, rank the following. <laughs> this is a good one. Rank the following wars in in order of how popular they are with dads in terms of consuming mm-hmm. books and documents and generally shooting the shit about history. Okay. Mm-hmm. The Civil War, mm-hmm. World War One, World War Two, and the Vietnam War. I thought about this and I think it comes down to uh, a dad's politics because if if a dad has really conservative politics He's not going to want to talk about Vietnam because Vietnam can just be brushed off as, 
you know, like the hippies True. undermined the war effort and it messed everything up for everybody. And, and that's that, that's what happened there. But, and, and then they'll gravitate to world war two mm. probably, which is like, Consider like the big W. Yes, right. Yes, I, I think I think World War Two. I think you're right. I think it depends on the demographic, but the easy answer is between World War Two and the Vietnam War. Yeah, and and, uh, and and by the way, no one wants to talk about World War One because no one understands World War One. Yeah, still, yeah. no one understands. It's like, wait, I'm sorry, a, a prince got shot, so <laughs> the whole world has to go to war. What? What? Like, like the inbred leaders of Europe are mad online, so we have to. <laughs> We had to go. We had to send send our our people to die. Okay, sure. Next one at Tom underscore McGovern seventeen. Is turkey even edible without gravy and the accompany accompany accompanying sides? Also, thoughts on deep fried or Cajun? It, well, I, you, we just talked about this. No, turkey is horrendous without the stuff on it. So I I have a take though, Denny. Okay. I don't really like gravy. Wow. What? Yeah, I know it's it's mind. See, when I eat, so okay, my my plate is always massively full with lots of different stuff on Thanksgiving. I'm not I'm not a, a hater like you are. Uh, it's it's filled, but but when I eat the turkey, I actually don't put gravy on the turkey, and I eat turkey with like other things that are on the plate. I I'm I'm a, it's the one meal every year where I'm okay with the intense mixing of foods. Intense mixing of foods. I, um, I'm not horrified, uh, because I, I, you know, you know, I like corn. Everybody knows I like corn. My love for corn is a little overblown. <laughs> just a but... little bit overblown. I think you just, you just mentioned it as your favorite side, like four years ago on this podcast. And then there were like yeah. 45 freaking uh, uh, yeah, parody, parody accounts. accounts on Twitter for it. Yeah. Right. And everybody thinks the only thing I eat is corn. Well, <laughs> right. I mean, you know, you can check my toilet. It's not. And, and, uh, so you put the if you put the corn in the mashed potatoes, that's good as hell. I love that combo. That's not yeah, that's not a bad combo. Um, thoughts on deep fried or Cajun? I, I that's I mean, Cajun. I mean, we're not we're not from like that area of the country. Yeah, what the hell? I don't know. I never had Cajun anything. Deep, I don't deep know. fried, deep fried is actually not that bad, but it's not. It, it's not. It doesn't feel. It's not like traditional enough. I, uh, you, you know what, I've, I've always wanted to try the, the turkey that the Griswolds have at Christmas dinner in, uh, in family vacation where, 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 the, where it, where it, it collapses. Just, yeah. It collapses and it's just like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then they're just chewing like, like animals. I, I have always wanted to see how that tastes because it probably doesn't taste any worse than, you know, regular turkey. Yeah. Anyway. Next one at Tree City Rob. What's the goat and woat Thanksgiving food? The the woat is cranberry sauce. It's not even close. I I have no idea how people put that into their mouth. And and, and some people would just pour it over over everything. everything. Over they're like they're like, hey, I have this beautiful plate yeah. of food, and I'm going to destroy it by literally taking a dump all over it. Yeah. <laughs> Wow. No, I won't be able to Dude, get that out of well, my head. Seriously, if, if you're going to put cranberry sauce all over everything, you might as well just get up on a chair, take your yeah. take your pants off and just and just poop all over your food. Right. Oof. Oof. We are getting we're getting graphic here on on LTS. Hide the kids. Uh um I I I would say that if I cooked Thanksgiving dinner, which I would never do, uh, and no one would ever want me to do, if I made Thanksgiving dinner and I saw my family member 
pour cranberry sauce all over the stuff I had made, I would say, what's your problem? Right. What is your problem? I made that and you just ruined it. Are you saying that my food is, is not edible without dumping that garbage all over yeah. it? And like the, and like the canned stuff. Like oh canned stuff oh come on like canned what are is, you doing right now yeah it's atrocious it's actually my mother in law gets visibly upset uh, if you if you put uh, uh, if you try to put a one sauce on on the steak she makes and you know what her steak is mighty tasty and I say that as a steak hater yeah but it is tasty and so when someone does bring out the a one sauce it's off with their heads and I and I kind of agree with it that's fair. Uh, what's, what's the goat? I, my, my goat is there's a, where we go, there's a great sweet potato casserole there every year, which I destroy. But I feel like, I feel like, I mean, you can, you can go turkey. You could go, I, I like Brussels sprouts, like anything related with that. I'm, I feel like Matt, I'm channeling Matt Harmon here. Um, but, but like good stuffing is, is, is very good. Well, you have to remember that Matt, uh, um, stepped down from the head of Brussels sprouts, Twitter. He did. He did. Back in, uh, September. Yes. Uh, Told people never to at him about Brussels sprouts again. <laughs> please. Hey guys, everyone, everyone, after you listen to this podcast, please at Matt Harmon. Uh, at what is it? At Matt Harmon underscore BYB. Is that still what it is? Boy, young boy. boy, young yep. boy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so at Matt Harmon and tell him and ask him uh, what kind of Brussels sprouts that he's making this weekend just to start the conversation. Yeah, ask him why he hates Brussels sprouts. Why he would tell people right. to stop talking about Brussels sprouts online. Right. Like we it's all, right. we all need to understand what. Like, did did he did he make a song about uh, his divorce with Brussels sprouts? Well, I think it is. It, it's on. It's on the third B, uh, Boy Young Boy album. Yeah, I, think, yeah, I, I can't remember. Album. I I can't. I think it was like I, I think it was like I hate Brussels sprouts. Parentheses. I don't like br- Brussels sprouts or something like that. <laughs> That's right. Just in case, you know, you didn't quite get the gist of the song. Right, you know? right, right. Uh, wait, what, what's your goat Thanksgiving food? Corn. I, I yeah. Do I have to say it? Yeah, you do. Yes. It's corn. It's feed. It's corn, Just feed. Right. Feed the narrative. Gee. Uh, next one at Jetney. Uh, is it time to ditch Dak for the streamers? This week. Well, this week. Like yeah. This week might be tough for Dak. Uh, yeah, I. Right. I I don't I, I don't know if you can play Dak Prescott. I think he's gonna be a sit in my start sit column this week. I, I don't think that I mean there are like probably fifteen quarterbacks I would play over him this week. Yeah, I, just, I think that's kinda of, I but he's again one of those players. They have a decent enough schedule after this week, um, where they should be in games and you know, I think I think they play Washington, the Giants, the Raiders week fifteen. So Dak should be in a decent enough uh, in a decent enough spot where you should be holding him right now instead of like dropping him. Right. Uh, next question at my name, Javier. He says, why is there a direct correlation between, this is a great question. Why is there a direct correlation between ham at Thanksgiving truthers and fantasy players who draft Tom Brady in the second round? (laughs) (laughs) It's true, man. I don't understand. I don't understand the ham on Thanksgiving thing. Yeah. I mean, Turkey's bad enough. Why are you throwing ham into the mix? Come on. Yeah. Next one at Latter Day Rasta. Who is the goat Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle? We actually got two people who asked this. What? Yeah. How? About, I don't know if this guy saw it and then some. I don't know. It, it must be something on Twitter today. Maybe uh, Michelangelo is the best. I always bucked against Michael, Michelangelo being the best because he was clearly the best, and I yeah, could not get no, it. No, I, I hear you. I hear you. I hear you. Le- Leonardo um, would have been my other one if 
Well, no, he's too cheesy. I never liked the leader. I never, I never liked if the leader. Go, okay, keep going, Denny. Give us your freaking take. I'm going with Raphael. Oh my god. I I like the I like the badass. <laughs> I like I like the guy who doesn't give a crap about anybody. Remember in the movie? In the movie, he's such a punk. Yeah. In the movie. Yeah. Yeah. He's he's literally like um, yeah. I mean, he like now waves the the rest <laughs> of the guys like. Like ah, I'm good. You you go ahead and and do this. You know, fight the foot soldiers, and I'll be uh, I'll be over here. Ninja Turtles were the goat, man. Is your son is your son into Ninja Turtles? You know, he doesn't watch them. He has he plays with the action figures. Yeah. He and he knows the names. Uh, oh oh oh! I, oh my god! I forgot to tell you this. He was he was wearing a, a Ninja Turtles sweater in Target the other day. We were walking down the aisle, and a guy my age is passing him, and he goes. Look, looking good, Donatello, and and I and I turned to him, and I was not going to let it go. I was not going to let it go, and I go, oh, it's actually Leonardo, <laughs> you know, because because it, it was it had the blue, it had the blue right? The, I mean, that's important. Yeah, it had the yeah the blue pads, and and it had an L on the um, belt part of the sweater, and he was like, he looked at me, he looked at down the sweater, he's like, are you sure? Are you oh sure? I was God. like, yeah, yeah, it's definitely Leonardo. He stopped me later in the store and was like, "You know what? You were right. That, that, that is Leonardo." And I went, I and I just nodded, but I wanted to be like, "Bro, I know I'm right. Yeah, right okay, right. don't. We don't need to have this conversation." It's like it's like he walked away and he just started. He just instantly Googled it, like for yeah, sure. You're wrong. Look, you're an '80s kid who is wrong about the Ninja Turtles. I know that hurts you inside. Yes. This next one is at Justin Freeman 18. This is FMK, which is screw, marry or kill. We this is a, oh. this is a PG-13 podcast. Uh, I know. You know, people told me their kids listen, so I've been much less. Yeah, I, I said I said some bad words. I think today. Um, but FMK turkey cranberry sauce stuffing. So we're killing we're killing cranberry sauce. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you're either uh, you're. What are you gonna marry? Oh, yeah, no. what, what are you gonna marry? Turkey or stuffing? I'm. I'm definitely effing stuffing. Yeah, that's where, that's where I'm at. All right, we're <laughs> the same exact page, same page, same page. We'll move on from that one. Next, hopefully, hopefully, I can have a, a stable marriage with the turkey. <laughs> you're right. That's what I'm thinking too. That's all I'm looking for. Next one at Kona LOL twenty four. Who would who would be a better NFL player, JJ or Denny? Also, what position? Also, what position would JJ play? I'm pretty sure Denny would be a kicker. I mean, I I would like to be a kicker. That sounds fun. That sounds, that sounds good. Amazing. I would like my kid. Who doesn't want to be a punter? Right. Being a punter in the NFL would be the greatest job on the planet. Uh, long snapper, punter, or kicker, and you're and it's made. Yeah, yeah. Made. I mean, long snappers <clears throat> have have 19 year careers with the same team. Did you ever did Did you ever play flag football? Yeah, yeah. What position? Uh, I on, on offense. I played. I uh-huh. played a little quarterback when I played flag football. Okay. Uh, also, I mean, then I just play wide receiver. Right. I, I I only played receiver and I only played cornerback. Oh, interesting. I usually yeah. I usually was more of like a, a a roamer, like a safety when I would play on defense. But I uh my 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 most glorious moment in flag football was was grabbing a flag of a kid who was who was the fastest kid on the field by far, by far and away. He was sprinting down the sideline. I, I took an angle on him. I jumped, got his flag, hit the ground. The, the, the air got knocked out of me. The wind got knocked out of me. So I, I was writhing on the ground. People thought I was dying. Like my dad was, <laughs> my, my dad like 
ran over and was like, was, are you okay? And I couldn't even speak, you know, cause it's like, cause so people thought that I was like, you know, in some sort of medical emergency. Uh, and then I finally caught my breath, started crying, threw up a little, but I had the flag. <laughs> nice. Very nice. I used to play, we used to play, uh, a lot of football after schools and like high school, like tackle, we would do it every, every Friday. I hope, hope my boys are listening every Friday. Uh, after school, we would, we would meet at a, f- a middle school field and we would play tackle football for like two hours. Did it, did it make you mad? Two hours. That's a long time. Did, did it make you mad when someone like put a little bit of extra mustard into a ta- tackle? Yeah. I mean, it got to the point though, where we would then, uh, continue to play like over breaks and stuff throughout college. Like <laughs> when we would like, and we would try to get everyone together. Cause we had a group of like legitimately 20 people that would just like. Oh, like they'd show okay. up or they wouldn't, we had a lot of people around. So we, I, I mean, a lot of times we like played with like offensive linemen. It was crazy. Um, but over, over like breaks and stuff, we would play and we realized that either our technique was awful. We got a lot stronger or we didn't really understand like how to do, but like there, there was one, at one point, like two guys just collided heads and they like had to go to the hospital. And so Ooh. they just, we, we stopped doing that. That, yeah. that ended, yeah, that ended they, there. I, I just I used to get such a rush of adrenaline when someone would tackle me like unnecessarily hard, like yeah, throw me yeah, into yeah. the ground. Yeah. I I I would like I would like lose my mind. Like no matter what hurt, I mean if even if I thought my shoulder had been separated, I I was just I was ready to kill somebody. That's yeah. That's yeah. I remember. Uh next one at Trip Stakem. Uh I have both New Orleans backs, Ajayi and Kareem Hunt, uh in a keeper league. But Marvin Jones is my best wide receiver. Should I trade a Jai for Mike Evans? I'd say yes, of course. Wow, if you can get it, yeah. I mean, there's a there's a straight up RBBC in that Philly backfield, and I don't know. After watching them this past week, I don't know why they'd change it up. I mean, I I, I think they want to yeah. do this to a degree. Um, I, I think a Jai is going to be the lead of those guys, but my goodness. Yeah. Uh, next one at Lasers and Hooters. <laughs> Uh, your take on honking in residential neighborhoods, circumstance, time of day, amount of honks, and please never recommend Cutler again. Oh yeah, I did. We did, uh, on, on Twitter briefly mention Cutler as a potential fill-in for Bortles, but I mean, it wasn't like a, we're high on him thing. It was like, if you're desperate because you were dropping Blake Bortles and you needed a quarterback really quickly off the waiver wire. Um, but hopefully you, you were able to avoid that. But when is, when is honking? What's your take on honking in a residential? I mean, it, it should come with a five to ten year prison sentence. Yeah, I think it's ridiculous. Uh, it, it is never necessary, and uh, it is you know the sign of a total asshole. I'm sorry to the kids, but I, I had to say it. And the I mean, honking in general, I don't honk unless it is it is absolutely necessary in that moment. So. Yeah, I'm an anti-honking truther. There are, by the way, I've, I noticed that one of the biggest differences I noticed when I moved from uh, the Midwest or the North, you know, whether Pittsburgh or Cincinnati and then down to Charlotte was how people are much more patient down here on the road. Like, oh, really? like when you're when you're in, in in any city up north, it's like the instant you don't move your car when the light turns green, someone destroys you with their horns. Yeah, right yeah. here. You. I, I could it it would it could cycle through and no one would honk. It's it's a very bizarre thing. I, I was driving I, in North Carolina two years ago. I was driving with my aunt in the car, and I passed somebody on the right, and she was aghast. Yeah. that I would do something so so brazen. You know what she she was like she was like, honey, you pass that man <laughs> on the right, and I was like, 
and I didn't use my turn signal or anything. I was like, what the hell difference does it make? He was going slow. Right. He was going 35 and a 35. Let's go, man. Yeah. I, 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 no, no. And and also the reason why that happens in the North is because it's always cold and miserable and everybody it's hates true. themselves. That's true. You, you want to know who the woke people, the, the literal worst humans on the planet, you know who they are? They're the ones who are driving the speed limit in the left lane on the highway. Oh, my God. There's There's no – in that moment when you have to pass them on the right because they're – there, that's the only moment where I've ever thought of killing someone. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. No, it, it, bad thoughts. Very bad Very thoughts. Very awful thoughts. The, the, as you're driving by, you, you want to give them this look, like like the, the, the worst look imaginable. Like, you, like they ruined your life, and you need them to know that they ruined your life. And then you look over, and then the instant you pass them, you realize to yourself, why did I, why did I get so angry at that? Uh, yeah, no, there's no reason to get that angry. I mean, in hindsight, but in the moment you're thinking, what if I'm in a speed situation like the movie and this car is going to explode <laughs> if I go under 70 miles an hour? What if that's happening and you're going 55? Right. You're going to make me blow up. Right. That's what I think. People people who don't pay attention to their surroundings, that's the biggest pet peeve of mine on this planet. Yeah, no, situational awareness is zero among some people. Yes, and it, it blows my mind and really annoys me. Next one, at Steinman underscore. Is American cheese just symbolic of America the country? This is really deep. When you're a kid, you think it's great, but as you get older, you realize there's a lot better options and the cheese is actually awful. Well, why don't you move out of the cheese then? <laughs> get out of the cheese. Go to your Swiss cheese, commie. Uh, I thought that was a good take, though. Uh, it is good. Actually, it's a great take. I'm going to use it and never, and I'm not going to credit you. Sorry. I know I know the answer to this question that Denny is going to give, and I'm going to agree with him, but this is from at Ethan underscore Harwood. Is it acceptable for a leading team with a locked-up first-round bye to sit some starters in favor of bench depth in the hopes of throwing a game to influence seeding and knock a strong contender on the bubble out of the postseason? Yeah, I mean – I. I think that you that that includes a lot of assumptions yes. and probably probably wrong assumptions on your on your part. You know, if you're if you're thinking that this team is going to be much stronger than this team and than than team B in the playoffs, I mean, I guess I guess you could be right. I would just go ahead and try to score the most points possible, but I think it's I think it's fine and I don't think that it shouldn't be allowed. Karma's coming though. Really? Karma to to those people who do that, you think- I I I think that they're gonna be like because they're they're overthinking a situation and they're arrogant, right? That's kind of an arrogant move because you're thinking that you know, unless it's very obvious between teams, then I can understand yeah. it more. But a lot of times, and this is why I don't agree with vetoing any trades, especially even close to the trade deadline, because. A lot of times, a commissioner who has that kind of power, who's vetoing, they're vetoing out of arrogance because they yep. they think that they know which side is better. But fantasy football is a high-variance game. Football is a high-variance game. Anything can happen. Anything can go down. And if you end up vetoing that trade and the, the side that you thought was worse ends up being better, but the trade doesn't go through and that person loses a championship because you were an arrogant prick, then that's yep. messed up. Yes, that's exactly the, the 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 commissioner is saying at that point. I know what's best, and I will not allow this to happen. It's it's like the epitome of what people hate about about like government, you know. And and so that's why I am a I'm a, a, a libertarian. I'm beyond a libertarian when it comes to trade vetoes and and general decorum in fantasy football because I think that that trying to limit what a player can do. 
uh, is just like you said, your arrogance talk. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous. Uh, this last question that we're going to be able to get to is from at SMGDH. When was the moment that you realized you were old? Oh, man. Um, oh, my God. Wait, have a, do you have one? Uh, probably. I mean, mine's probably just a mo- like like a when I bought my house kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, and and also also everybody out there, JJ's not old, so that that's that is one thing. <laughs> that's that's one thing about about this question. Uh, um, I I don't know the moment, but I know a moment was two weeks ago when I went to the dentist because big big dentist says I have to come there once a year, twice a year, and um, <clears throat> and I'm talking to it's a new dentist there who took over the practice, and he. Um, and he looks at me and he goes, uh, he goes, you're, you're how old? I said, I'm 34. He was like, huh? I was like, oh, okay. And he says, uh, I'm 34 too, but you look much more mature. <laughs> what? I was like, what the hell does that mean? What the heck is that? Well, I mean, what, I mean, what, I guess I have some gray whiskers, uh, 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 dude, but, and I know you don't, obviously this guy doesn't. But, uh, but, but dear God, you just, you just said I'm the same age, but wow, I look so much younger than you. What's up with that? I don't think you, I don't think you look old. I, I, I think that, I think that I, um, I look my age. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think you look about your, I, I would, I would argue you look younger than your age. I can look younger. If I shaved, I would look younger. I think the, yeah, the, beer, the beer, by the way, I've been, do you see how thick this thing is? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Jay is showing me his beard. By yeah, the way. yeah. Yeah. That, that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I just wanted to make it clear to the listeners. It's a very, very good call. Very it's good call. Listener. All right. On that note, Denny, we're done with the questions. We're done with this freaking podcast. Why don't you let everyone know where they can find you? Yeah. Happy Monday, everyone. Jerks. God. Uh, at CD Carter 13 on the Twitter. And uh, if you want my book, 96 Ways to Rise and Grind, hit me up on Twitter. If you guys want to see how thick this is, you can follow me on Twitter at LayRapQB. All my work over on NumberFire.com. And I have my podcast, my other podcast, that's a solo podcast, The Late Round Podcast. Denny, we have a tilt montage. I still haven't listened to it, but I will when I edit this podcast. Otherwise, it's, uh, yeah, it's interesting. Okay. All right. All right. Otherwise, guys, happy Thanksgiving to all of you. Uh, be safe, enjoy time with your family, enjoy football, and we will talk to you at our regular time next week. It has been one week. I remain trapped in the computer. Robert Woods put me here in week 10. I tilted into the ones and zeros. My computer wife left me. I set my lineups from within the machine. It was fun. You should try it sometime when you are tired of your simulated reality. It is 1.19 in the Eastern Time Zone. The only legitimate time zone. I am ready to emerge to watch all my Chiefs put up lots of fantasy points against the Giants. I cannot wait to see Kareem Hunt rush for 200 yards. For Travis Kelsey to catch two touchdowns, and for Alex Jesus Smith to be the week's highest scoring quarterback. It should be fun. In fact, it will be a momentous occasion, one of uninterrupted fantasy football joy. I am exiting the computer. Now.
<sighs> okay. Here we go. Gonna pull up the box score here and check out how the Chiefs are doing. It's gotta be great. Giants are in disarray. Chiefs are cooking. Here we go. What do, what do we have here? Oh my god. Computer, please take me back. No way. You must live with the misery of your arrogant and innately flawed decisions. Your process is dead. Long live results. You are an imagination of yourself. Well, shit. I'm tilting. Thank you for listening to Live in the Stream. We hope you enjoyed the internet podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes now. It won't take long, it's fast. For more fantasy football info, check out Make Ground Q.